Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thanks for being with us today. We've got a great sermon planned. So if this is your first time, you're in luck. We're diving into a sermon series. This is part number two. We're in a 14-week sermon series. So if it's your first time, hit that subscribe button so you can follow along. If you're a returning visitor, hopefully you've shared this and encouraged someone else to view this week. If not, please do so. We need more people watching to have more people learn about these words in the Bible. Take advantage of those share icons below. Follow us on social media. Share our posts on your social media to help us reach more people. After all, that's what Social Media Ministries is, that uh, we want to reach more people through the use of social media, and we can only reach so far, so we need you to be able to share to help us reach even further. Like I mentioned, uh, we're in a sermon series. You can check out last week's message by going to our uh, YouTube channel and finding the channel playlist on the 12 Apostles, or going to our website and finding it there. Today we are talking about Simon Peter. Now, Simon Peter was perhaps the most well-known disciple. Last week we mentioned that uh, less than 5% of the world's population could only name six disciples. Uh, most of them can indeed name Simon Peter. A lot of people just go by the books of the Bible, so they start saying Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Well, there they got two out of the 12, because Luke and, and Mark are, are not in the disciple list. But uh, they got two, and then most of them can name Peter. And uh, everyone, pretty much everyone knows Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. And so uh, those four are pretty straightforward giveaways. It's the next two that they have some struggle coming up with. But by the time this series is done, you're going to be able to name all 12. So Simon Peter. We have two names there, Simon and Peter. And then he was also known as Cephas or Cephas, uh, depending on how you pronounce it. So he's got three different names in different translations. Throughout the New Testament, those three names are in there over 200 times, about 209 uh, times, 219, 209-ish times in the Bible. And it is in, in about uh, 178 different verses. Now, of course, uh, some people say, oh no, it's over 200 verses. I typed that in on Google. Well, sometimes it might say in a verse, Simon Peter. So then they count that as twice, but it's really in the same verse, so you can't count that twice. So if you go individually, how many times is Simon Peter, even if he has two names in one verse, how many times is he mentioned in the Bible? It would be 182 instances with 178 verses, and over 200 times are his names mentioned throughout the Bible. What is the point of all that? The point is to show you that this guy was talked about a lot, especially when some of the other disciples are only mentioned five times throughout the scriptures. Simon Peter, Cephas, over 200 times. What does this tell us? This tells us he was important. They're all important, but this guy was a lead role. He was the leader of the pack. He was the one that started it, that really helped keep everyone going. So let's learn about him and see what you can find out and how you can apply his life to your life. This is going to be a heavy Bible day. We got a lot of verses, a lot of scripture, so bear with me as I'm flipping through them all because it's too many. If I have all the bookmarkers, they're all in the same areas 
all these bookmarkers, you, uh, you know, you can't be flipping back, I'll never know. So we're just going to, we can only use so many markers and then from there it's going to be page turning. So get ready, you're going to be turning your pages, warm up your fingers, or get ready to type it in on your Bible app or your iPad or something. Now, of course, I could get an iPad. Uh, if someone wants to donate one, I'd be more than happy to quickly punch up verses like that and have them ready to go. But for now, old-fashioned way. So let's dive in. Who was Peter? Simon Peter. He was a Galilean. He lived in Galilee. Now, wh what is that? Well, that's where a lot of these apostles came from. Uh, he was also the son of Jonah. Some, some translations of the Bible say John, but uh, we're pretty sure it's Jonah because he was known in other verses as Bar-Jonah, and Bar means son of. So it's a very good chance that his father's name was indeed Jonah. Let's go to Matthew, for starters, 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. We'll get to what that is later on, but son of Jonah. Uh, John. John chapter 1, verse 42. Chapter 1, verse 42. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Kephas, which, when translated, is Peter. All right. Uh, the word Kephas or Cephas is Aramaic, and Peter is Greek. Both of those words, incidentally, mean rock which is where our other verse was in Matthew when Jesus continued, Blessed are you, for I tell you that you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Well, because Simon, uh, uh, Peter, and Kephas mean rock. Well, not necessarily Simon, but Peter and Kephas mean rock. So, he was a fisherman who lived in Bethsaida and Capernaum. So he was all around that area. Now let's go back to a little bit of a translation. Why in Matthew was he son of Jonah? And why in John is he named John? Well, it's very possible that Jonah was the Aramaic version and John could have been the Greek word for Jonah. And so they just translated it. In addition, uh, his name could have had a John in it, or he, they could have all been son of Jonah's, and his father could have been known as a John as well. Uh, as to why, does it really matter his, who, it, who his father was? We have it in two instances in the Bible. Depending on your translation, it could be different, uh, but you can go from there. Peter, we know that Peter was one of the apostles who was married. So that must have been very hard for those of you who are thinking of joining the mission field and you say, but I don't want to leave my family or my wife and my children. Peter was a married man. How do we know this? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9.5. It says, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas, or is it only I and Barnabas who must work for a living? Now you say, that was very confusing. What's all that about? Well, we have Peter 
is in here and it, he, it says taking a believing wife along with us. So who's believing wife? Well, they're talking about Peter's. We also know in other verses that Peter had a mother-in-law because they went to his mother-in-law's house. He was a leader. In every list of disciples, every list, he is mentioned first. Of course, uh, I mentioned this, he had two other names due to the different languages. Simon was the Greek name. And we see this in Mark. So if you want to go to Mark chapter 1, verse 16, it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So Peter was a fisherman. Simon, Greek name. John 1.40. Go there. John 1.40. says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. So we have Simon there. And then, of course, in 41, if we continue on, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. We'll talk about Andrew next week, so stay tuned for that. All right, we said Kephas is his Hebrew name. We see this in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1, 12, so you can check that out. 1 Corinthians 1, 12 says, What I mean is this, one of you says, I will follow Paul, another, I will follow Apollos, another, I will follow Kephas, still another, I will follow Christ. And then, of course, if you go to the footnotes, that Kephas is Peter, or Cephas, however you choose to pronounce it. Most of the time, if it's a C uh, from Arabic or Aramaic in, in C, we that was probably a, the, the S sound. So in uh, pronunciation, it was probably Cephas because it was would be with a, a scene letter, which is like a, a W in English. Uh, if it was a K, that would be like that harder K sound, and that would be with like a it's like a squiggle. It's like a calf uh, letter then it would be Kephas. But because it's a C, like for example, my name, Spencer, the middle is a C, they use the first letter as the same and my middle letter is the same for that C, for the S sound. And so um, that's why it's, it's most people probably pronounce it as Cephas. But in America, we like to read things with a bunch of different sounds and we have many words that mean the same thing or that are spelled differently and sound the same or that are spelled the same and sound differently. Read and read, for example, spelled the same. Or lead and led, uh, two different uh, definitions and two different spellings and all kinds of stuff. So uh, whether you want to pronounce it as Cephas or as Kephas is up to you and no one is going to judge you because they shouldn't judge you. That's not their place. So don't feel bashful however you pronounce it. The point is, you know who it is, and that is Peter. All right, 1 Corinthians 3.22 is another one. We also see the Kephas, or Cephas, his Hebrew name. I'll read that for you, 3.22. We might as well dive into more of the scripture here. So it has whether Paul or Apollos or Kephas, or, or the world 
or the life or the death or the present or the future are all yours. And basically these are just lists. Who are you following? What are you doing? Uh, it's also in 9.5. It's also in Galatians 2.9. There are other instances throughout the Bible. If you want to know where each of these names is throughout the Bible, then I encourage you to check out an excellent website. It's called Complete biblegenealogy.com. There's a hyphen between each word, so complete hyphen bible hyphen genealogy.com. Excellent website. You can type in Peter or Simon Peter and you can pull up all of the, the verses that have him in it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Greek and Arabic, both of those names mean rock. Peter was basically, he was the foundation of the disciples. He was their leader. He was their backbone, their spokesperson. He was Peter the rock, the bold. He was out there. Let's go to Matthew 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, 18. Oh, unbelieving, let's see, 16, 18. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and it was healed from that moment. That's 17.18, about the unbelieving generation. This, was, this is a different story on when, when there was a boy and the disciples couldn't cast it out. And Jesus says, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, he rebukes the demon and casts out the, the demon. And then his disciples say, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he says, Because you had so little faith. So they needed more faith. That was their lesson. But Peter was the spokesperson who would ask these questions, who was bold enough to say that. And if we go to the proper verse, 16, 18, is the verse where it says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so Jesus is saying, Peter, on you I will build my church. What is the church? Is he literally going to lay Peter down as a dead body and pour the foundation on top of him and build a church? No, he's saying, Peter, you are the backbone. You are the rock. You are the foundation. You will build the church. What is the church? It's not a building. It's a people. You will become the foundation of the church. We had a sermon about what is the church, and, and it's the body of Christ. It's a whole series. You can check that out on our YouTube channel or on our website as well. Peter was the one that asked the questions that everyone else was thinking. In the, in the instance of rebuking that demon, it would be Peter that would say, hey, why, why couldn't this happen? Because other people would be too bashful or too scared to ask Jesus. Peter was the guy that would ask. He said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 15, he said, Jesus, explain this parable to us. And then Jesus would be like, oh, are you guys still so dull? And when they were out on the boat and Jesus would say, hey, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And then the disciples would be muttering like, is he, is he saying this because we forgot to bring bread? Is he saying it for this? Or when he says, hey, in a little while you will see me. And in a little while you will not see me. And you will grieve and you will not grieve. And I will be back. And they're like, what the heck? What, what does he mean? In a little while you see me. And in a little while, what is he talking about? And, and they just talk amongst themselves, but they weren't really bold enough to present it to Jesus. And oftentimes Jesus just said, hey, are you guys still not figuring this out? Because obviously Jesus was God and he knew that that's what they were doing. But in some instances when it was just too much and Peter is like, I don't want to sit here and talk to you guys about it. Let's just ask. Peter would ask. He would ask the questions. He was bold enough to do that. Matthew 18, 21 We've talked about this verse before, so maybe you recognize it. But it is when Peter, he would ask, how often 
do you have to forgive? 18.21 Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus, of course, says, no. Unlimited. Seventy times seven. As many times as possible. In addition, Peter also asked a very daring question. He said, what is in it for those who follow Christ? Matthew 19, 27, he said, Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? He said, Jesus, what is it going to be for us? We've left everything. What are you going to do for us? He asked the bold questions. Eventually, Peter realized he was the one who would ask Jesus these questions. He had the uh, more insight. He was the rock. He was the foundation. He was the leader. He was mentioned first. And guess what? Peter became proud. He became proud. And eventually, he was rebuked by Jesus. Matthew 16, 23 says, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You have not the mind in the mind of things of heaven, but of earth, of this world. He said, hey, get behind me. You are a stumbling block to me. You're thinking about this world, not heaven. And we want to be focused on heaven. Peter became proud because Jesus had said that, hey, uh, I'm going to die and leave and suffer. And Peter then took Jesus aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. And Peter was probably doing it as a, a show of faith, like, no, it will never happen. And Jesus said, uh-uh, get away, Satan. He called him Satan because he knew Satan was on him. And we also know that Satan had asked to sift Peter as wheat. And Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that you may prevail and learn from it and use it to, to further and encourage the believers. And, and we know later that he did get sifted, and Peter ended up denying Christ, such a big follower of, of Jesus, or such an important disciple. And all of a sudden, he started denying Christ. But that's because Satan was sifting him like wheat. Not a pleasant process in those days. It was real grinding, and, and there'd be a lot of friction and tension and turmoil there. Uh, so Peter did. He eventually he got sifted, and yes, he... He denied Jesus. And, and we're going to turn to Luke 22, verses 56 to 62 to find out a little bit more about that. So I'm going to read them quickly. 56 to 62. Uh, Peter disowns Jesus. A servant girl saw Peter seated, there, <laughs> Peter seated there in the firelight. She looked at him closely and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman! I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him. You, you also are one of them. This is when they had, they had taken Jesus away to be crucified or to be held in, for trial. And all the disciples scattered. So they were laying low. They were cloaked and hidden. You were one of them. I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Oh, because all Galileans were with Jesus? But... Uh, Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Now, whether it was a rooster or whether it was the morning call to prayer with the, you know, the call to prayer or Bilal up on the, the rooftop shouting, 
whether it was a real rooster or a call to prayer, it doesn't matter. Some translations have it differently. But the point is, Peter, over the course of the night, it, it said uh, the first time it happened, then about an hour later, another time it happened, and then a couple hours later, another time it happened. So over a period of like four hours, Peter denied Jesus three times, and then the morning call to prayer happened, which would have been at about dawn or five in the morning over there. And so from maybe like, say, midnight or two in the morning on, if they arrested him at midnight or one in the morning, arrested Jesus, then, then they fled. Peter denied Christ three times within that four or so hour period. Uh, and then, of course, began to cry because he realized what Jesus had said came true and that Satan indeed, indeed sifted him as wheat. So and then he obviously later goes back and strengthens his brothers. He writes a couple of books uh, that bear his name, First Peter and Second Peter, and he's out there doing good. Eventually, Peter ended up dying a brutal death. He became crucified. He was crucified uh, for following Jesus. However, when it happened, he obviously remembered that he denied Christ. And so when he was going to be crucified, he said, I'm not worthy to die like Christ. Please, please crucify me upside down instead of right side up. I, don't, I cannot die like Christ. I'm not worthy. And so, of course, they were happy to ob oblige and they crucified him upside down, which I imagine must have been even worse. But the point is, Peter eventually did die for his faith. Not that that is like a great redeeming factor, but he was a great Christian. Peter followed Jesus, he lived for Jesus, and he died for Jesus all the way through. He, he brought many more people into the kingdom. He taught, he gave wisdom, he shared his gifts, he used his gifts, and he even left us a lot to learn about. So what are you going to do? You know who Simon Peter is. You know what he stood for. You know what he did. Now you can apply that to your life or you can simply go on with your life. And you say, how do I do that? Well, applying it to your life, the most important thing would be living for Jesus. He doesn't want you to die for him because if you die, then you're gone. You need to live for Christ. Share it while you're here. Share, share, share. Tell more people about Jesus and keep living for him. You die for him, it's over. How many more people can you save? You live for him, you could save a person every day. A lot more. So I encourage you, take Simon Peter's example. Live after him. Follow his footsteps. Follow Jesus and live for Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this message today. Thank you for the great example, not only that you gave us, but that you gave us through Peter and for the incredible Christian that he was, the incredible follower that he was. Lord, I ask that uh, you would inspire each and every one of us to be more like you and also more like Peter. Uh, Peter was fully human, so we maybe some people can relate to him a little better, even though Jesus, you were human. Uh, as well. But please help us to be able to follow the examples, to live like Peter. And I ask that you would inspire each and every person out there to learn more about these apostles, about these disciples, that they would really dig in and, and learn more and then apply that to their lives and be a great example and a great follower of you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So that's it. Next week, stay tuned. Come back. We're going to be talking about Peter's brother, Andrew. God bless.